Look, you ready with your safe and secure nails? Can't come on here with those. Got to come on here with bad bitch nails. I know, right? Uh, Yeah, I just really don't. (laughs) Right. I just really don't like having bald-headed Bald-headed scallywag nails. Yeah. Right. Like, I'm about to clean the whole house nail. (laughs) No, just go ahead and get those CNA nails together and <laughs> speaking of nails I went I got a mani-pedi for my birthday and mm-hmm. I was going to go see the new Barbie movie so I got them painted Bobby paint they look way lighter than they actually are they're like a bright oh, ass Barbie paint and I was like give it to me I don't care it's Barbie they're gorgeous Thank did you. you see the movie yeah I went that night I got the nails done in anticipation. And, and it was so funny because as I was checking out, the lady was like, oh, Barbie Pink, you going to the movie. I'm like, yes, ma'am. I am. <laughs> <laughs> I love your hair also. The nails are getting. Thank you. Um, the hair is a necessity. I literally cannot have a cloud of curls on the back of my neck right now. I was like twisting bad boys away. And adding hair accessories is always fun. I mean, hot. I've got short. It's short. Oh, I gotta it, get it's this helpful. Back. It's a little long, but... Oh, it's a. It's got the little. My sister used to have that when her hair was short. It was so cute. <laughs> little darkwing duck. <laughs> super, super cute. The cute little dink at the back. Well, how have you been? Um, I'm good. We're over here go kikiing like we don't I have know. a podcast to record. I mean, it's all um, hard podcast people. I mean. <laughs> I saw Barbie on Tuesday here okay. in uh, Cali, or at least in the Bay. It's like a terrific Tuesday. They do discounted tickets on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a bitch is on a budget. So I paid $5 per ticket. My mom actually saw Barbie with me, which was chucked the hell out of me because I was ready to go by myself in my Barbie dress. And she said, well, okay. I want to spend time with you. So I'll go with you. Put on a sundress and everything. Aw, that's so nice. Proceeded to talk very loudly throughout the entire movie, though. Girl, I can't... St- okay, so pe- people love talking to me during movies. I don't know why I keep getting, like, taking people who talk to me during movies. I'm like, shut up. I mean, laugh, but be quiet. Like, I don't <laughs> mind the, like, whisper, the, like, oh, shit, you know? But it's, like, every five seconds. It's insane. Right. Or the odd comment. But when when Ryan Gosling was singing, not a spoiler, we know he sings in the movie. Yeah, you know? it's in the trailers. Um, when he sings, she's like, oh, fuck. And then <laughs> at, throughout the whole thing, she's like, he's still singing? Why is he still singing? And I was like... Because mm-hmm. it's giving us Grease moment, that's why. <laughs> like, so, yeah, I, I, uh, I won't say anything about the movie. I'm, I'm not trying to spoil it, but there was... A part in it towards the end, when, like during the climax and whatever, um, uh, America Ferrera, her part it irritated me, and I was like, Greta, no, thank you. <laughs> and I'll just yeah. say that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like the movie's good. It's very feminism one hundred and one, though. Uh, it, base level, Not even it's very white feminism one hundred and one. 
that I part. Like, I guess that is one-on-one, right? <laughs> but I enjoyed it for what it was. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Ryan Gosling, to me, stole the show. Quite yep. So... Yeah. I think the I, Kins I, were the best part of the movie, honestly. I loved the Kins. Yes. The Kins, the teenage daughter, mm. and um, Issa Rae. Oh, yeah. Oh, and Kate, yeah. McK- Kate McKinnon as the McKinnon. Oh, my God. I can't forget her. Because she, she killed it. Just the deadpan. Like, <laughs> you know, love- always stretching. Mm-hmm. The split. I loved it. Kate Mc- I knew that Kate McKinnon was going to come through. She always does. But um, but yeah, we do have a podcast to do, as you eloquently reminded me earlier before we started kicking. We proceeded to anyway. <laughs> no. Right. Um, well, um, I guess I'll do the intro. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Horror Host Support Group podcast, a podcast and book club for the everyday horror fanatic. I am one of your hosts, the, um, I don't know, Am I Blue, Amanda. I, I just thought about I'm wearing blue, so that was <laughs> not, not my best. Anyway, I'm here with my good sis, Samara. How are you doing? Good. Um, quickly, for the people who are watching, I am not topless. My top is based almost the same shade as my skin. It's a dress, and it's hot, so please excuse that. <laughs> She said, I'm not on here on these internet streets naked. I'm I'm not. I've got the little strings and everything, I swear. It's just really hot and my dress is brown. <laughs> well. Hey Kay, how you doing? Good evening. Thanks for joining. <laughs> uh, okay, well, we'll get into it. Today's topic. We are talking about our most anticipated horror novels of 2023. Part two, mm-hmm. so of the ass end <laughs> of 2023, we're gonna probably. I, and the thing is, we have a lot of the same, same, similar. We have a lot of the same novels on our list, so mm-hmm. I think we're just gonna bounce around. You go, I go. You go, I go. Because a lot of them are very much the same. So, uh, do you want to kick us off, Samar? Uh, sure. So. First of all, we'll be talking about our most anticipated um, books, horror novels that are coming out the latter half of 2023, meaning like August and on, right? And so I'm going to say, I know you're excited for this one. I know I'm excited for this one, but it's The Reformatory by Tananarivdu. And that one comes out October 31st, the Lord's Day. No, (laughs) no. (laughs) the best day day of the whole year ever um but really quick it's a gripping page turning novel set in the jim crow florida that follows robert stevens jr as he's sent to a segregated reform school that is a chamber of terrors where he sees the horrors of racism and injustice for the living and the dead and so this takes place in florida 1950 the kid is young he's like 12 um, and he's sentenced to like six months at this reform school for boys and uh, for kicking the son of like the largest landowner in like town. Cause I guess the kid was like sister or something. So really, really dumb reason, but this kid Robbie has a talent for seeing ghosts and hates. And so 
you know, so they, they send him to the school and I'm assuming that that's going to come into play. I'm excited to see it. I think Tanari Du is obviously the most excellent author for this type of storytelling. I mean, the good, come on. Um, Joplin's a ghost. Come on. Like, it's just classic. So I'm really excited. Too bad it's October and not summer. <laughs> right. Yeah. We've spoken at length on this channel about how much we love Tanana Riju. She actually is on this list once again. So we're pretty excited about her works that are coming out soon. Our next one is Vampires of El Norte by Isabella Canas. So essentially this is Vampires and Vaqueros face off on the Texas-Mexico border in the supernatural western from the author of The Hacienda. So essentially there's this woman, she's the daughter of a rancher, and you know, then she's attacked and kind of I think goes missing, if you will. So then Nestor, I think that's his or her man, is sad and he's trying to you know, get over it. So he becomes a vaquero just to kind of make some money. And then he ends up finding her again, essentially. And she's a curandera, a healer. And they basically are trying to work through their relationship, but then also deal with the vampires that they're, that are on their tail. Where could you go wrong? I love a good vampire anything. You know how right. we are. We stand vampires on this channel. Um, I'm excited for that one too. I tried to get an ERC. Dunno. <laughs> I got that book locked down like Fort Knox. I can't get it. Um, so I guess I got to wait. Uh, when does it come out? So this one comes out August 29th. Okay. Uh, Although I am seeing on Amazon August 15th, so it might be out a lot quicker than what's being projected. However, mm -hmm. it comes out in August. I'm excited. This is my vote for our September book read. For real, for real. I, first of all, I loved Isabel Cañas' um, last book, mm -hmm. The Hacienda. Excellent. Super creepy vibes. If you haven't read it, go check it out. We've talked about it. Um, we've raved about it. Just go. Just go read it. I don't think I need to say more than that. Um, so my next one is, and I know that you're interested in reading this one. I don't know if you got an e-arc, but somebody in our book club got an e-arc of this and I'm super jealous, but it's I Fed Her to the Beast and the Beast is Me by Jameson, Jameson Shea. And that comes out August 29th. Um, the cover, I wish I had a picture of the cover right now. It's amazing. It looks so good. The colors the main character's face coming out of the water. It's so nice and creepy. Um, but basically it's touted as like Ace of Spades meets House of Hollow in this villain origin story. Um, Laura Mesny is a perfectionist with an ax to grind. Despite being constantly overlooked in the elite and cutthroat world of Parisian ballet, she will do anything to prove that a black girl can take center stage to level the playing field she ventures deep into the depths of the catacombs and strikes a deal with the pulsating river of blood. It's giving Jennifer's body, but with autonomy. Yes, it does have a Jennifer's <laughs> body vibe. Yeah. So I feel that. 
I'm I'm thinking we are striking a deal with some sort of entity mm -hmm. and and we getting what we want. Obviously at a high price, but we're getting what we want. So I'm really excited for a fetter to the beast and the beast is me. It's it's nice to finally get a book from the like villain side, I guess. I guess we're always mm -hmm. kind of reading from the victim or survivor side. So it's nice to get it from like the villain. Yeah, it's nice to get something where you're like, I support women's rights, but also women's wrongs. And this book is giving that to me. Um, plus just the ballet of it all, exploring a, a scene, if you will, that, that uh, I don't know much about. I think most people wouldn't say that they know much about it. So that's something I'm also really excited about. Um, plus the cover. Like to me, there's some books that you can get on uh, ebook, and then there's some books that you you just have to have on your shelf. And this is one of those ones that I just have to have on my shelf. Um, so our next book is "There's No Way I Die." Oh, and Winda's um, Winda's "I Fetter to the Beast and the Beast Is Me" come out. Sorry, I said beginning uh, August 29th. Wonderful. So our next book is There's No Way I Die First by Lisa Springer. So this follows uh, Noelle Lane. She's a scary movie buff and is intent on hosting this huge Halloween bash to essentially elevate her status around school to become more popular. And so when she invites this like low budget um clown to come to the party uh he ends up murdering people and so she basically has to use her horror movie knowledge to get out and obviously survive the night and as the description says she's been waiting her whole life to prove that she's a final girl this is another one with a great cover i've all so as a sidebar all of these the covers are killing the game, especially the ones by Black authors. Like, so this is another one I'm really excited about. This one's coming out September 5th. It is young adult, but I think it's going to be really great regardless. Well, I was blessed with an e-arc. I do not have to wait till September. I'm going to definitely read it. I was so excited when I got accept it. NetGalley is the truth, y'all. Like, if you can go ahead and get on there and keep your score up, you can suck, like, you too. <laughs> like, I'm America, and so can you, basically. Like, you get the books you want seven times out of ten. Um, so I was lucky enough to go ahead and, and get that e-arc, and I do plan on reading it and eventually sharing my thoughts on Goodreads. Uh, so the next one I am super excited for is, and this one is not by, I don't think this one's by an author of color, but it's called uh, Mr. Magic by Kirsten White. And that one comes out August 8th. Um, but it's giving like Zoom. I don't know if you guys remember PBS Zoom. Did you ever watch that growing up? It sounds vaguely familiar. Come on in Zoom. Come on in Zoom. Oh, my God. 
Where was your childhood? So for the people who remember Zoom, and I'll take it uh, to something people definitely remember, which would have been like buying, right? But teenagers or whatever. Um, so basically what happens is it's a there's a TV show called Mr. Magic. Um, and a bunch of kids were on it and they were popular, right? Like they were stars. And then it just, the show abruptly ends um, and everything goes back to normal. Everybody starts to grow back up, you know, grow up, back up. Wow. Everyone, everyone grows up. Um, but they, but no one really remembers what happened to the host and the producers and all that stuff, right? Like it's a blank and no one can find tapings of this show, but everybody remembers it. I'm like, is this a fever dream or something? But you know, they, as the, as the main characters grew up, the people who were on the show, um, they still kind of carried that fan base because it was just such a phenomenon, right? In the nineties or whatever. Uh, but they decide to actually go back to the studio to actually see what happened. Why don't, why did, why they don't remember what happened to the host, Mr. Madre? Why don't I remember anything really, except for just like being a tight knit group who was on this show. And apparently there's some weird, creepy shit about it. <laughs> and so I'm really excited to read about this, right? Because it's, um, what did it say? Who is Mr. Matrick, right? Former child stars reunite to uncover the tragedy that ended their show and discover the secret of its, of its enigmatic host in the skin crawling story of pop culture fandom and 90s nostalgia. Yeah. It meets the Stepford Wives it, sorry, It by Stephen King meets the Stepford Wives in this wildly compelling story that explores whether it's possible to recapture the magic of childhood. So it's like, it takes like 30 years, takes place 30 years after like the accident on the show that closed down production. It also has a little bit of note vibes to, you know, Doesn't the, it? the thread the, with the, the show. The, the, the monkey, the chimp. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's when you started talking about the accident. Mm -hmm. That's what stuck in my mind. It sounds yeah. really great. It sounds really freaking cool. And so, in my head, when it said group of people, like kids on a show, Zoom was like the first 90s that it went to for me. Hmm. It also reminds me a little bit of um, Channel Zero. Have you seen? Mm. I haven't Channel watched Zero? it, but I know of it. Yeah, it's, just it's a like show an anthology that, thing. Yeah, or... but the first season's like about it, a show that oh, only a handful of people remember. Mm. And it's like a kids show, and it's just a bunch of puppets. But mm -hmm. yeah, this is good because I really, you know, some people might not like books or content where you can mm -hmm. kind of draw a direct correlation to the inspiration. Mm -hmm. I really like that because to me, it it's like drawing on your our childhood right as millennials and i don't know i liked it this this is yeah that one definitely okay. caught my eye i was like 90s kids show an accident i'm there i'm, I'm a simple gal all right what you got <laughs> so my next one is the spirit bears its teeth by andrew joseph white this is out september 5th so andrew is uh not an author of color but they our trans author so we also have some good representation there now this is a gothic horror another cover that's a banger andrew's covers are bangers the 
Hell Followed With as a cover is amazing. This one looks, uh, it's giving tarot cards. So essentially this follows, it's set in London, 1883. It follows um, a girl named Violet. Or no, um, it follows, our main character is Silas. And it's a, Silas is a trans man and he's been pushed to become a wife. And then he's diagnosed with this mysterious disease and then sent to a sanatorium and basically starts seeing ghosts that are asking for his help. And then he's got to basically solve the mystery as to what happened to them, figure out why these ghosts are clamoring for his help. And I, I just think this is going to be a really, really great book. Um, I've been following the author on Twitter and just seeing how they've been speaking about it. I can't wait for this. I'm going to go ahead and add that to my TBR. I think the next one is you too. I don't really, I've heard of this, but I don't know too much about it, but it's an anthology, correct? Yes. So this next one on our list is an anthology. It's called Out There Screaming. It's a Jordan Peele anthology. Um, and there's not a ton of information about it. Uh, it's an anthology of black horror. And um, I'll just read the tagline here. The visionary writer and director of Get Out, Us, and Nope, and founder of Monkey Paw Productions, curates this groundbreaking anthology of all new stories of black horror exploring not only the terrors of the supernatural, but the chilling reality of injustice that haunts our nation. So give this being an anthology, there's a bunch of different types of stories, both supernatural and not, but just some of the, the authors included in this, it's like banger after banger. So we have P.J. L.A. Clark, we've got Tanana Redu, we've got Nalo Hopkinson, we've got N.K. Jemison. We've got L.D. Lewis, Nettie Okorafor, Tochi Onyabuchi, Rebecca Roanhorse, Tadwell Turnbull. So many other authors are included in this. And uh, and you know I don't like reading uh, anthologies. And I'm ready. Because I'm like, dang, you named all my favorite people. <laughs> right. And the cover is so understated and simple. You know, we love a good cover on this channel. But... Um, this is out October 3rd, so just ahead of our favorite holiday. And yeah, this is another one I absolutely just cannot wait to sink my teeth into, honestly. Nice, nice, nice. Um, this last one that I have on my list, and I don't know if you have any bonus ones, but feel free to add in. This is a shameless plug from me for Amanda. She did not put this on the list, but um, but it's her upcoming novel that's coming out this year on November 14th. I just learned this. I was like, I don't know when it's coming out, but I'm excited. I know it's coming out this year. I'm waiting. Um, but it's called No One's Gonna Take Her Soul Away. And listen, I had the privilege of reading the very first draft. I know it's gonna be different probably because I know you're working hard, doing some edits. But I think it's damn near perfect already. Um, but really quick, if you're like the way to describe it, I guess, what you told me is The Wiz meets Dante's Inferno. It's what is it? The 70s Disco Inferno. Our main character is Safira Gale. Um, and I don't know how much I should say because you haven't really written this, a synopsis yet. 
But something happens to where she ends up in. Don't call me out yet. I have not written that synopsis. synopsis. <laughs> but something happens to her to where she ends up in Dante's Inferno. And she has to fight her way back. Yellow brick road style. So I'm excited. I'm excited. And The Wiz is my favorite. I was just watching it two days ago. <laughs> Oh, because it's on Netflix. Sure is. You know, as a sidebar, I was watching TV with my mom the other day, and we Mm -hmm. were scrolling, and I said, oh, shit, The Wiz is on Netflix. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I love the movie. Obviously, it's an inspiration. She goes, don't we have on. I was like, why don't you want to watch it? Then she, she did the whole, like, you know, and I go, why don't you want to watch it? She goes, because it was miscast. Diana Ross as Dorothy. It should have been Stephanie Mills. She. Oh my God! Every black mom a, says that. This is a hill that she's she's been wanting to die on. She loves I'm, Diana Ross. Loves Stephanie Mills. I guess there was a bunch of drama around Diana yes. Ross casting, and yes. so my mom's very much like not team Diana Ross, and yeah. so as a result, she does not like the entire movie because Aww. of this one casting choice. I was like, do you know how, do you know, like, this is black excellence and you're just not watching this mm-hmm. because of Diana Ross? She don't care. She's like, I'll get my excellence. Mm-hmm. Our, our feelings, though, our feelings really be holding us back. But I I'm, I'm, I agree with your mom. The part should have gone to Stephanie Mills. <laughs> she was made for that part. But we knew, we all yeah. know why it went to Diana, because she was the big star at the time. But honestly, like, Stephanie Mills had the pipes had the talent and but they just went with you know the looker the beyonce of the supremes or rather right beyonce is technically the diana of destiny's child but yeah the beyonce (laughs) of the situation yeah Yeah. wasn't stephanie mills on didn't they do like a broadway version of this Mm -hmm. and stephanie mills or like off broadway and that was stephanie Mm -hmm. mills had done or you know dorothy's part yep yeah yeah um, but but obviously, you know, it's Hollywood. They had to put some big people on it to get people to want to come. I mean, Stephanie Mills was big in her own right, but she wasn't Diana Ross big. She wasn't Michael Jackson big. She wasn't, yeah. So they need it. They need the star power. Lena Horne, you know. She looked gorgeous too. Lena Horne. I mean, uh, Richard Pryor, you know. I, I randomly yeah. have a Richard Pryor. This is so off topic. I randomly have a Richard Pryor a stand-up uh, vinyl. It is dirty. Oh, this you. man is disgusting. Yes, it's Richard <laughs> Pryor. Potty mouth. Biggest pot. I, I already knew, movie. like, knowing is not listening. I was like, sir, I had to turn it off. I had to turn it down. While I was cleaning. You know I'm like, not appropriate. You mentioning his name makes me want to watch Harlem Nights again. That's yes. I love Harlem Nights. I can love that movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think you described the book pretty well. I have not written the synopsis yet. I'm getting you heard it your first. I'm getting sketches for the cover back imminently. So I'll be doing a cover reveal probably next month, maybe September. But this prepare for the horror. Prepare for gore. There's going to be trigger warnings at the beginning of this book. But prepare for gore. I mean, it's set in hell. 
How could I not have gore in this? Right. Prepare for total domination. 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 <laughs> I couldn't hold it in. Oh, Lord. You know, you're a millennial when you quote, um, I don't know why I wanted to say set it off. Wow. Bring it on. It's horrible. Yeah. It's horrible. Okay. And set it off. Wow. <laughs> and you can quote so those, but... I- Go ahead. I guess we have a couple more minutes. Do you, mm-hmm. Is there any other horror content that you're excited about? Because I've got some honestly, honestly, content, not just books. Um, you dropped the ex, the new Exorcist uh, trailer. I was too scared to watch it alone. I had to wait to watch it mm-hmm. with uh, my neighbors downstairs. Um, which, by the way, we so we watched it, and she got scared. She was like, "I don't know, man." I want to see this. This is too much. Um, but we also watched Nefarious. Mm. I don't know if we, have you ever heard of it or seen it. Oh, it's like it's really it's the type of shit we like. It's religious horror. Mm. Uh, there is a man on death row who's um, his psychiatrist. His uh, commits you know unalives himself, so they have to bring in a new psychiatrist to kind of evaluate him. Uh, to determine whether he is sane enough to withstand execution because this guy is, has murdered countless amount of people. Uh, and so the new psychiatrist comes in and, you know, evaluates him. And the man basically tells him that he is a demon. And yeah, it's insane. So it's it's like super intense. It's definitely a COVID movie. You know that feeling, right? When movies were made in COVID, it felt very like claustrophobic. Not a lot of actors in the room. Mm-hmm. Very telephone, like very, very like telephone booth. Like, but um, so I was like, oh, this was definitely a movie that was made in co- during COVID, but it works with the situation. Um, I highly recommend watching it it is creepy as shit so i waited i waited to watch this with them because i was like i'm not watching this shit alone yeah definitely check out the trailer i also want to see the pope's exorcist because i heard some things yeah my brother said that was good i haven't seen that one um i watched the most recent insidious movie a couple weeks ago i enjoyed it yep uh that was fun Tomorrow, Talk to Me comes out, and I am so excited about this one. Definitely going to see it mm-hmm. by myself, whomever, because I love to see um, a movie. Um, but I, look, I'm trying to get my brother to go. I'm like, mm-hmm. The thing about it is, is that <laughs> for a six, I'm putting his shit on blast. This man is like six foot four, okay? Mm-hmm. Big, tall, looks like a linebacker, mm-hmm. linebacker kind of dude, right? He is a chicken when it comes to horror. He <laughs> loves horror, but he is yeah. the most vocal mm. movie screamer. Like, we were watching this movie, and he was screaming and making the people sitting next to us laugh. So, <laughs> this is what it is. And we watch I love that. Movies. No, yeah, my mom and I went to go see the new Insidious together because we she is the OG movie buddy, like horror movie right. buddy. That's all we really go see is horror movies when we go to the movies. Minus the Little Mermaid. That was just for us girlies. Um and I enjoyed it. I felt like it was missing something. 
I'm not sure what it was, but this last Insidious was missing just a little bit of something. I can't put my finger on it. Do you know what I mean? I think it, yeah, no, I feel you. I think it ended abruptly for me. I, I, uh-huh. the, the last act didn't feel like a last act. Yes. The thing that solved it didn't feel, it, I thought there was going to be another gotcha after mm-hmm. things got resolved. Mm-hmm. So I just feel like for this to be, I think the last movie, mm. I enjoyed it. However, in the ranking of the Insidious franchise, it mm. is definitely the lowest. Mm, I would say the second lowest. I feel like it's above the Lost Key or whatever, number four. Oh, yeah, I forgot but... about that one. Yeah, I agree. I forgot. See, that's how much I care about. And I think the other thing that bugged me was the the black girl being a very manic pixie dream girl. Listen, like I get like it's cool. I liked the actress. I want to see her in more things. Her character is fine, but I just Mm -hmm. didn't understand why she's the one that's being all quirky. Let's break into rooms. I'm like, yeah, I don't understand that. My mom was like, like, I'm gonna break into this white boy's room. It was just so weird. I'm like, shit, white shit, black people don't do for 500 Alex. Like, I, my Especially mom whispered for, to me and was like, why is she like this? <laughs> right. And I was in my, that was another thing. We were sitting there watching it. And my, brother, my brother was like, come on, man, you black, you black. <laughs> and I feel Ooh. like that was pretty much the consensus of mm-hmm. everybody black in the theater. We were all probably yeah. thinking the exact same thing. Yeah, we're not going upstairs. First of all, we may go, we'll go to a frat party. Not an issue. We're not going upstairs, though, <laughs> unless that's where the bathroom is. We got a pee pee. There's no I way. feel like, yeah. Or unless you know somebody, like, I just wouldn't. Mm-hmm. And, and to be the one thinking, let's break into this place. Rando. And you, don't even really for some dude you barely know. Yeah, you just met him like that afternoon. And it's cool. Like I like that they had this friendship. I like mm-hmm. that she was whatever, like the chemistry was there as friends. Mm-hmm. But I just felt like she was doing the most and her character mm-hmm. was very I'm the Sherpa helping you find your way and helping you rediscover your relationship with your dad. And okay, then once Bonnie you do, Bennett. I'm going to be inconsequential to the plot. Yep. Bonnie Bennett. They Benneted her. They bonnied her. Basically. I did like the one part where she, he went, you know, berserk or whatever. I'm not going to say what exactly. Um, and she said, She's, she was like, I know you in there, but if you put your hands on me, I'm going to fuck you up. I was like, mm-hmm. that makes sense to me. <laughs> mm-hmm. That made sense to me. But yeah, I saw that too. I forgot. I forget all the horror stuff. I was, July was a good month to see some stuff. July was yeah. like a good month for me to like go and see stuff. Yeah, definitely saw Insidious. I want to see the new Boogeyman. That's out. The Boogeyman. Oh, yeah. I saw it. It's not bad. Hmm. I don't like that. I don't like you said it's not bad. I don't want to spend my money on not bad. 
I mean, I would wait until it gets on streaming, honestly. Okay. Because I, look, look, it could be that I have a high threshold for horror, but I saw it and was not scared at all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it because there were some new and interesting uh, camera work and shots mm-hmm. that were scary, but I didn't leave the theater feeling scared. Right. Okay. And I haven't uh, in a while. Hopefully, Talk to Me has me doing that. Yeah. I'm ready to leave the theater unsettled. I think I can can convince my mother dear to go see that because we saw the preview for it and she was like, oh, hell no. And I'm like, oh, we're going to see it. It's happening. It's happening. I did, however, read. I started and finished The Spite House by Johnny Compton. Mm -hmm. By Blackulus. We love to see it. Okay, it I'm adding it to my lesson. Did it, it unsettle you? Hell yeah. That audiobook, I had to just read it with my own eyeballs after a while. Because sometimes I have well. to, I think it's on script. Um, I, you know, how your eyes get tired, but you still want to hear the story. So you lay down and it's nighttime. So you listen to the story and. I was like, actually, let me turn this off. I'm going to listen to tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow because I, I... <laughs> this is not I need it. something to listen to while I work out and shit. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I walked around the park listening to old episodes of the friend zone yesterday. So I need an audiobook. Nice. Yeah. He, um, the, the narrator has a good voice. Very soothing. But um, I did enjoy the spite house i of course enjoyed the book we all read together in the horror host support group book club um the scourge between stars by um Mm -hmm. ness brown that fucked me up a little bit Mm -hmm. and i was mad Um, (laughs) for good reason i think we're gonna do a review episode of that Mm -hmm. uh pretty soon Mm -hmm. and then our next uh, next book that we're reading for the book club is you're not supposed to die tonight Mm -hmm. by kaylin barron I started this this past weekend. I'm enjoying it mm-hmm. so far. It's not a long book. I picked up the copy mm-hmm. of it yesterday, and uh, it's not a long book at all. I'm mm-hmm. okay. I was like, wow, this is really short looking anyway, unless the font is like 9.5. No, it's not. It's not too bad. It's just a short book. You know what else is coming mm-hmm. out that's horror adjacent, I guess, mm-hmm. is Haunted Mansion. Yes, that looks good. You know, I'm going to see it. My mom wants to see it, and it's rare that she says she wants to see movies like that, so mm-hmm. I'm going to take her on Tuesday. Yeah, they've got some good, day. some good, they got a good cast going on in there. Mm-hmm. I don't know about Tiffany Haddish. I know that there's some stuff going around with her. I don't know what it is, but I know, like, there's some, there's a bit of controversy but that's that isn't that what this year is, Ezra Miller? <laughs> just a bunch of folks. Just a bunch some, of people. Some fun Hollywood cat, Ezra Miller, Lena Dunham. <clears throat> I guess Lena Dunham been problematic. But I guess she's <laughs> her name is back in people's mouths because I guess they're trying to get her to direct a Polly Pocket film or write it or something. Because, you know, with the success of Barbie, uh, companies are wanting to 
the lesson that they're extracting is people want movies based on IP, like games and shit. And mm-hmm. they really should be realizing that people want good movies with a good cast that also has a good message. And also movies that are a little goofy. Barbie mm-hmm. was so great because it was in on the joke. We want more movies that don't take mm-hmm. themselves so seriously and that are absurd. I was watching this movie like this movie is fucking absurd and mm-hmm. I cannot wait to watch it again and again and again. I can't wait to watch it drunk. I can't wait to watch it high. I can't wait mm-hmm. to watch it with my morning coffee. Mm-hmm. I cannot wait to watch Barbie and have a different experience every time I watch mm-hmm. it. And I feel mm-hmm. like that's what people are wanting. I think I had a little bit of the opposite experience with Barbie. I, in the beginning, goofy as shit. Like, I loved it. I was like, oh my God, this is hilarious. I can't believe they're doing this. Ha ha ha. I get it. I get it. But like I said, it got heavy handed towards the end. And I was like, we could have left that in the drafts. Like, we got it. And then they just like, it took me out, man. It was like, I was like, I don't think that should have been in there. It was a bit monologue and I get hammered. It. Yeah, I was like, ah, this don't fit. I think we should have stayed with the like jokes that had the deeper underlying meaning. Mm-hmm. It should have just like stayed there. But I think they really wanted that message in your face, and to me, it just didn't work. But that's me. Yeah, I think if they would have updated... I like how we're talking about Barbie on a horror. Yeah, I, I don't know what happened. There was some horrifying shit in that, too. <laughs> I think, for me, part of the monologue is I get... America Ferreira is the one saying it. I, I, I understand can, why it was very strategic for her to say it. You can tell that it was obviously written by a white woman because mm-hmm. there was no acknowledgement of the intersectionality of what it is to be a woman and then what it is to be a woman of color mm-hmm. to basically to basically not be a white woman and then mm-hmm. to boot be somebody who is queer or disabled or any any other identity that isn't a straight white able-bodied thin mm-hmm. white woman mm-hmm. i think it, it had more impact that it wasn't Margot Robbie or a white woman saying it, but mm-hmm. there because there was no more nuance to it than just the surface level understanding of what women all women go through. It it wasn't my favorite, and I get why they did it because it's like it applies to this is every woman. This unites us all, but. That's what they that that's a white woman thing though. Like they think these issues yeah. that were pointed out unites us all when in reality half of the shit that came out of her mouth I was like can't relate I understand people who can I see it but for me it's not it's it's not something I can wasn't hitting for me it didn't hit right which is where the the lack of analysis around intersectionality and the movement uh came in so I mean I, I expect I mean I don't expect much actually I feel mm-hmm. like I should much like you you really had the platform and you kind of fumbled the bag a little bit Greta yeah I mean I think for me to to quote Sister Act 2 it was cool for what it was but it wasn't all that yes there you go thank you I thought you were gonna quote if you want to be somebody (laughs) you better wake up and pay attention attention. 
That's my motto. <laughs> oh my god, we're gonna get copyright. <laughs> watch me watch. <laughs> First of all, Sister Act Three is coming out. I'm just ready for it. Like you know, they're they're making yes. it, so I'm ready for it. Um. Yeah. I just need I need I need Whoopi Goldberg back. I need Kathy and Jimmy. I need Maggie Smith dragging Crispy. I need a man a man that they can drag like Crispy. <laughs> Crispy. Mr. Crispy. Mr. Crispy. I don't know if Maggie's gonna is she still acting? I think she is still acting, isn't she? Mm-hmm. Here and there. I worry. Look, when she goes, I'm gonna be real hurt. I speaking of being hurt, Sinead O'Connor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Rest, that was hurtful. Rest in peace, ma'am. Real life then, horror for um, you guys here. Um, any any other horror stuff that's that's been happening? I know there's a lot actually. I, and summertime is usually the time when you get all the big horror blockbusters. I think people have been waiting for fall lately nowadays. Yeah. I mean, so I'm doing just a quick little Google search of what's mm-hmm. coming out this year. I mean, <clears throat> there's, uh, oh, the angry black girl and her monster. That is out. That is out, okay. I have not seen it I'm yet. Sure. It's on my list to watch. Um, Run, Rabbit, Run, mm-hmm. which is, I don't Never know heard exactly of it. what that's about. There's this movie called You're Killing Me. Uh, it is, what is it? It says... It's out already. It says Eden mm-hmm. attends a coveted heaven and hell party, hoping to get a letter, a letter of recommendation to an elite university, but she finds herself in a fight for her life. So that sounds interesting. I guess it's on Hulu. Watch me watch hmm. that tonight. Anyway, I mean, there's a there's a bunch of shit mm-hmm. that's out. I'm that's a part of out. this um this Facebook group. Uh, where all they all they talk about is horror horror movies specifically, mm-hmm. um, and they just like people go in there and be like, "Man, this is what happened in the movie. I can't remember the name of it. I can't. This is what happened though." And people will like, you know, real life find the movie for you. Like, "Oh, are you talking about this, this, this?" Mm-hmm. And then people, you know, the people put up videos or pictures and be like, "Oh, remember this movie, this movie?" And so I'm like, "I'm in heaven. <laughs> I'm in heaven. I need to." I can't remember the name of it. They just pop, it just pops up all the time. But I'm in heaven. Like everybody's talking about the jams. And then mm-hmm. some movies I never heard of. And I'm like, this sounds like some some weird shit. And then apparently Tubi is where it's at for horror movies lately. Yo, they have a bunch of horror movies on Tubi. I did not know that. I'm like, well then. And they're free. <laughs> all I gotta do is sit through some commercials here and there. Whatever. Whatever. Yeah. I'm there. It's free. Um, no, Tubi has some some good horror movies. They've got some mm-hmm. good uh, other movies I watched, uh, but I'm a cheerleader on Tubi, mm-hmm. so they got some good selections. Um, and also, I believe this week is Shark Week. I hate sharks, right. so I won't be participating. But it's Shark Week. HBO told me so. Um. Well, <laughs> it is what it is. We we talked about our anticipated horrors. We did a bit of a deep, uh, what not a deep dive? That's the opposite of a deep dive. A surface level analysis of Barbie. Of Barbie. 
yeah. quoted one of our favorite movies, Sister Act 2. Um, yeah, I think we covered all the bases. Pretty good. Should I wrap it up? <laughs> right. Random we, as shit. I love it. I should name it Random as Shit. <laughs> Shall I wrap it up? Yes, ma'am. All right. So thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Horror Host Support Group podcast. You can follow us on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter under Horror Host Support Group, host spelled H-E-A-U-X. And if you want to join our book club, just click the link in the description on our Insta and you're there. You can find Amanda and learn all about her work on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube under the name Amanda the Author Ross, these spelled with two E's, and on Twitter at Amanda the Author with just one E. You can also find me, Samara, on all of the same platforms under the name Samara Reads 2. Um, and we will talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.